Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In, your favourite fortnightly fan fest. I am Jay, I am your party host, so grab your bourbon, your beer, or your brew, your oat milk, just the way you like it, and strap in for us to talk about all sorts of random things. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, by the invincible, by the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing very well. Very excited to be here and chatting to you guys. And hopefully, if you don't make any comments about the royal family being lizards, you can stay on for the entire podcast this time. (laughs) And we are also joined by Mr. Fantastic himself, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince of the pause we were promised. How you doing, B? You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. And there's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it. But baby... Baby, I know it. You've lost that geeking feeling. Whoa, that geeking feeling. You've lost that geeking feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa. It's a... Is a special hello to all of our listeners from Wimstead to Dublin to Oregon to, to south of Wimbledon Common. Would you like to explain why you're seeing you've lost that loving feeling to, to uh, people south of Wimbledon? You killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And um, yeah, we thank you for helping us grow <laughs> the podcast. And thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing <laughs> on wherever you're oh, listening. God. And uh, at Geeking a Pod is where you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and um, whilst you are there and whilst you're looking through, you will find a Linktree link in our bio that takes you to everywhere we are, including Teesprings, where we sell our mugs, our T-shirts and our masks. <laughs> and um, uh, t- T-shirts you can do bulk orders for. You can order a number of them in one go. So if you wanted to order just for yourself, you could. However, if you wanted to make sure that your entire team was set up, you could order a big order for your squad. And speaking of squad, the Suicide Squad is in the news. Mm. Really? (laughs) Not news I've seen. (laughs) That's why you you listen to the show. I say listen. (laughs) So the rumours coming out of the Warner Brother Discovery merger, which killed so many different um, IPs, is that they, the studio were looking to produce studio, uh, Suicide Squad 3. However, uh, it would be bringing back Will Smith as Deadshot and David Ayer to soft reboot back to the original squad rather than follow up from where James Gunn had left the Suicide Squad. Um, Back to the classic, because that was so well received. (laughs) Released at Airshot. (laughs) So this is the thing, it continues the the, the air cut debate um, with uh, David Ayer recently saying, I put my life into the Suicide Squad. I made something amazing. My cut is an intricate and emotional journey with some bad people who are shit and uh, with some bad people who are shit on and discarded, a theme that resonates in my soul. The studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. Um, So he is still trying to push towards the air cut release and this would give him 
a chance to uh, follow up. However, when tweeted at and asked whether this was real, James Gunn simply replied, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So our soft opening for this podcast to make sure we've got back that loving feeling. (laughs) B, any interest in a Suicide Squad uh, sequel, the, the Suicide Squad trilogy? And if so, gun or air? Uh, uh, gun. Um, yeah, I think gun definitely. I I was wasn't a big fan of of uh, the first one. No. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I was expecting more than just like didn't yeah. like it. I felt <laughs> like you were building up to something that be. I thought you changed stop. screens. That's why I had to check. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the pencil, the pause, but just felt like there was more coming from that side. And, and the, the dramatic stop, apparently, as well. No, I um, mean, it, it, it def- the first the first movie definitely had some really interesting uh, <laughs> concepts. I, I loved um, the witch. The witch was really good. Um, I just thought the enchantress. Yeah, but I thought it, it just went weird. Um, <clears throat> I think with the James Gunn um, movie, um, I thought it was weird because it was intentionally weird. Mm. Um, and it, it did some really interesting things, you know. Um, and a sequel to that makes more sense than having um, a soft reboot, if you like, of the original. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a reboot or a reset if you're going back to the original after mm. doing the second one. And, uh, and, the first one... And yep. plus, you know, who'd, who'd want to star in a movie with Will Smith because the producer's scared to get slapped? <laughs> Um, that's true, you know, but I mean, we have got, um, doing a film with Will Smith and Jared Leto today. Can you imagine? <laughs> Margot Robbie is not turning up for that film. Uh, Robbie Margot. <laughs> Robbie Margot. <laughs> so the original Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad did gross over $746 million worldwide. Um, Smith and Margot Robbie, Robbie Margot, received uh, praise for their performances um, as uh, Deadshot and as Harley Quinn. Um, although the reception was fairly negative uh, due to the muddled premise and forced Deadpool style humour. Um, T, does Air deserve the opportunity to put his air cut style vision? to the world and correct the record, I guess. So, yeah, look, the film was awful. It was disappointing in so many ways. Um, But there were loads of interesting things that were set up and never came through. So, uh, you know, I kept thinking, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Eastwood was definitely going to end up being Nightwing. Like, it was so obviously Nightwing. And then it wasn't. And it was just a non-character. Um, you know, um, is this the one where we thought Jason, where Jason Todd was, that the Joker was Jason Todd? There was theories yep. about that. Um, so I, I just remember there being like lots of things and there was a lot more, I mean, you know, fucking, you know, I'm not a Jared Lowe fan in the slightest, but there was lots of like things about the Joker and stuff. And, you know, those are like things that were floating about that were really, really interesting. And the film itself was was awful. So I, you know, I'm, every director would say the shit film that you got was not the film I wanted to make. And you know, and then you might not, you could still get an awful film. You know, you could get another Snyder cut. Um, but uh, yeah, I would be interested in seeing what he thought he made, especially if he's saying I made it and then it got cut, as opposed to, you know, I didn't get to make my vision. So literally, it's on the cutting room floor. Give me the footage. I'll re-edit it together. Yeah, man, that sounds interesting to me. Um, in terms of, do I want to see an air film or a James Gunn film? So the James Gunn one, just, I sort of knew what I was getting and I got what I thought I was going to get. Um, 
so I can already in my head picture James Gunn's Suicide Squad 3 and I kind of feel like I don't need to watch it because I got it. Whereas, I don't know, I guess I'm more interested in the David Ayer one because I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what is going to come from that, especially with him going on about, you know, the thing. You, you haven't seen my Suicide Squad yet. Um, so I guess I'm interested to see what his Suicide Squad, what his suicide squad actually is. Um, yeah, I, I think James Gunn did a very James Gunn thing and it was fine and it worked for what it was. I just, I'm not interested in seeing another one of those. So is the the challenge that we've we've kind of seen the su- sequel to Suicide Squad from James Gunn in Peacemaker? Yeah, you know, and if he wants to keep building that universe, because Peacemaker, you know, it's the same kind of humor, it's the same kind of mm. Peacemaker is great. Like we all enjoyed it. We talked about it on the pod. We've talked in prior episodes, right? But you know, available in our archives. Yeah, it just it um, that stuff is more interesting. Actually, let him pick up, let me, let him build that world, let him pick up stories, and sort of tell say what he wants to say. The, the big event thing, I, I guess I am, <clears throat> I don't know if we'd see, you know, I don't necessarily want to see Jared Leto again and don't want to see Will Smith and Detroit again, but it's just those stories were more interesting. I'd be, I'd be more interested to see that stuff. But yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say um, the Enchantress was it. That, <laughs> I thought the Enchantress stuff was awful, but the worst part of the film for me, actually. The, the concept was really good. I thought uh, the idea, I thought as a character, mm. she's a great character. I just thought it was badly um, animated. Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, just... they got her to sort of go and like do a sexy dance, and that was her magic spells. And I mean, they filmed all that stuff, right? So that's where I'm a bit doubtful about. Oh, hey, I actually had a brilliant film somewhere in there because you also filmed all these really, really shitty things that were really like dull. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there may have been a really interesting film underneath the one we got. Um, and, and now the director's saying that. So if you were to give me a choice between which one to back, I would back um, that just because it's different. So, I mean, to your point, I don't know whether you would be able to get Jared Leto back because he must be signed up to Mobius 2, 3 and 4 uh, well, for the foreseeable. <laughs> um, which, as we know, we are... Um, uh, Midnight Suns. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say good films. Oh, yeah. great movies! They, they obviously are. You know, it goes without saying. Obviously, yeah. So much so that even you won't say it. <laughs> well, so in the medium of, of podcasts, maybe we should say things. It's it's a good it's a good. <laughs> no, if, if, he was giving a thumbs up. They're not going to win any Oscars or or anything like that. But these fan choice awards. It's it's just great (laughs) entertainment. Okay, great is probably pushing it. It's entertainment. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do, if anything, with um. The Suicide Squad. There's been no announcements from Warner Brothers Discovery about the future of it. Um, uh, so we, we wait and see. But the answer is that it, it, it might not be dead yet. And speaking of not dead yet, Kevin Feige has weighed into the debate that was raging following Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, something we've covered every week since that film came out. The big unanswered question as to whether the Scarlet Witch is dead. Um, Feige recently hinted in Variety that Scarlet Witch is not, maybe not as dead as many fans think, saying, I don't know what that we saw her under the rubble. I saw a tower coming down and a little red flash. I don't know what that means. Um, in the film, uh, at the end, um, the Scarlet Witch uh, reverts to, to back closer to the character that she should have been through the entire fucking film mm-hmm. and um, brings down Mount Wondergore, destroying all copies of the Darkhold across the multiverse, but burying herself under the mountain in the process, or so we believed. Mm-hmm. 
However, in the world of multiverses and everything else, um, I don't know if anyone really believed that that was the end of Scarlet Witch. Um, uh, and Feige had told Variety that there really is so much more to explore. We still haven't touched on many of our core storylines from the comics. And anything is possible in the multiverse. We will have to see. Um, so, T, did you believe her dead? Are you glad that maybe she isn't? I'd entirely forgotten uh, whether she was dead or alive because, uh, as you say, you know, we watched what, what was it, nine episodes of a show and watched her whole story arc and her kind of progress and character development, and then it all just got thrown away entirely for a film. It felt a bit like in comics when, um, you know, you're following the individual issues of, of a character um, and then they show up in a big blockbuster crossover event thing. Um, and they just get the character completely wrong because it's written by a different writer. Uh, and then that comic has to then carry on with that sort of characterization, or at least that thing having happened to that character, um, because that was the you know well-read thing. Um, and you having followed this thing for 86 issues has still been like, right, okay, it's all changed. So that's kind of where I feel. I feel like Scarlet Witch had a pretty consistent and interesting story. I mean, if you sort of track her story from uh, um, Age of Ultron all the way through. You know, it's really interesting to see that growth in that character. Um, and then Doctor Strange was the sort of the biggest misstep in that. Um, I guess I would like some redemption of it. I quite like having her through line all the way, you know, since, since um, Age of Ultron. Uh, but yeah, so it'd be nice for her not to be dead. Uh, but I would like to kind of get rid of the, the Raimi characterization and go back to the one that we'd actually seen happen all this time. So when you talk about kind of that misrepresentation of characters in the comics, the one that jumps to my mind is Wolverine, especially during mm. the, the, the 90s and early 2000s, where um, he was so popular, he went everywhere, and therefore the, the, a lot of people got a chance to write him in very, very bizarre ways mm. and then kind of have to live with, you know, some of the choices made, like, for instance... You know, we've we've tried to put the the adamantium back into him, and he's regressed or uh, remutated or something, so he yeah. now doesn't have a nose. <laughs> um, and also one that just springs to mind as you say that was him and Punisher, where both of them tried to kind of outmacho the other one in in the books. So. Um, Punisher rolls over him with a steamroller, I think it is. Uh, and then Wolverine, in when it was Wolverine's turn to, to, to write, or Wolverine's writer's turn to write the book, um, found that the Punisher had a, a stash of gay porn. <laughs> so, yes, it was it was a very weird kind of like, you know, there you go, now, now do something with that character. Um <laughs> But yes, it's 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 it seemed to end in a weird kind of right turn kind of place. B, what, what do you want the Scarlet Witch to to rest finally? Um, I, I think she has um, unfinished business, shall we say? Um, in I think originally, and and um, I'm sure. We'll, get an opportunity to talk about this later um she was never meant to be bad um she originally was meant to be good and they had another villain film villain lined up um maybe mephisto uh, who knows um but scarlet witch was going to turn bad right at the end and that was uh, this original. is at the end of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to talk about that a bit later on. It's um, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, the rumor is that Sam Rainey, whilst you know writing, or you know, him and the team, whilst writing Multiverse of Madness, hadn't watched any of One Division. Um, and, and therefore hadn't seen the progression and the growth of the of the character. Um, just had gone on the logic that um, you know she's she's 
gone crazy and is bad now. Um, mm. How you? How that's, you? That's a problem. But also, Marvel's a big machine, right? This, these aren't like little indie films, and like the director didn't happen to read the right material. Like they have think tanks, and they have, you know. Feige, I mean, we, we see it all as like Feige God doing all this stuff, but he's got teams who are making sure things are connected to each other. Mm. It's weird that the Marvel machine didn't go, hang on a second, he can't do that. Well, also, I mean, you are referencing WandaVision throughout, you know, her her being unconsolable because she's lost her kids is mm. WandaVision. They, they exist yeah. nowhere else other than WandaVision. Her yeah. getting hold of the Darkhold, her becoming the Scarlet Witch, is all WandaVision. That entire character arc is WandaVision. So, you know, if the, if the logic is that no one's watched it, um, and as you said, we'll ignore the continuity teams and, you know, the, all the other teams, and there's, there's a, a woman in Marvel whose job it is now to try and keep track of the, the timelines and the multiverses, I'm sure I read. Um, but, um, you know, then, then how do you kind of build any of that in if you aren't aware of anything that's that's happened? You, you wouldn't have known to build any of that in, mm-hmm. surely, if that's if you if you were going purely on where she was left after. What? Endgame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so I'm. I'm not sure. But um, so, B, were you, were you looking forward to her coming back? Um, yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I think she has a ton of potential. You know, the Wonder Vision storyline was, was so strong. Still resonates with me and. You know, there were still, you know, great opportunities to grow the story. Um, you know, I believe there were there were calls um, when it ended to have season two. <laughs> um, you know, we all know there's a there's a a a version of Vision out there, which seems to have just disappeared into the ether. Um, we know Scarlet Witch was out there um you know so there's still opportunities um and you know it it, it makes for good stories i think We've still turning, that, the house of harkness there somewhere as well absolutely and you know it's just a shame um you know we, we've lost so many um founding members of the avengers that you know losing such a great character um it's, I think, going to be a big, big miss. I agree. However, she's only a great character if she's written like a great character. And it's still the thing. I, I, I was re-watching Multiverse of Madness the other day, and it's still the bit I bump into um, continually. Is, is, you know, her, her fairly kind of what feels like a short-sighted single-mindedness. On, on how it works and um, yeah it's 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 an interesting kind of plot point but I don't think it hangs as strongly um, and I said at the time of watching it was the thing that took me out the first viewing was was this kind of waiting for there to be a bigger bad behind Wanda mm-hmm. you know someone manipulating someone you know doing something other than you know the book's a bit evil in it. Um, but yeah, it was it, it, an interesting one. But I think WandaVision still is up there as one of our favourite Disney Plus shows. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, cast a, 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 a long shadow for being one of the first, or the first, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was. And obviously we have the new contender now. So She-Hulk is uh, episode six um, on Disney+. Plus. We've not really done much talking about it because people's viewings were, were all over the place. They still are a little bit. 
Um, so this will be fairly spoiler free. You'll be pleased to hear. <sighs> Sorry, um, guys. <laughs> um, but uh, it's all right. We're locking him in a room for the next two weeks so he we can catch up with everything. Um, but uh, yeah, we are we are six episodes in or three, depending where you are with your viewing. Two and a half. Um, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about you know how we are finding She-Hulk as it goes. So, T, we'll start with you because you are you are still early into the journey. Um, two and a half in, how are you finding Jennifer Walters? So yeah, um, it's funny. It's fun. Um, yeah. It, it's been a fun show. I like the I like the fourth wall breaking. I thought it was done quite nicely. Um, sort of so far, it's I kind of don't want her in Hulk form. So I'm I'm, I'm blanking on the actress's name. Sorry, um, uh, who plays Jennifer Walters? Tatiana Maslany, is it? Right. So it she's is. fantastic, right? She's she's a great, and she, you know she, she's she's got great sort of comedic timing and. There's little looks she does, and then you know when she faces the camera, it's all brilliant. And then they'll put her in, they'll replace her with the CGI model, and that kind of humor and that kind of subtlety of her like facial expressions and stuff just don't come across. Um, and I'm sort of saying they're going, uh, this probably would have been much funnier if she were just in her normal body and in normal face, and like do the usual thing. Like you want to do a big action scene, fine, bring in the CGI, and it'll be like throwing things around and the expression can be like kind of just a general grunting, whatever. It's ha- it's having the little the little chats between the two Hulks and stuff that was really, it's really throwing me out and it's really, I was sort of struggling to enjoy the the kind of the humour and the lightness of the tone and stuff like that just because, just because of the, I'm not even going to say it was bad CGI, maybe it was good CGI, it's just I don't think we can animate you know, like those subtle facial expressions and stuff that well. Um, and maybe that if the whole thing was a cartoon or, you know, like the whole thing was animated, it would have been fine because you're watching it through that medium and you're, that kind of vision and that kind of perspective. But when it's not and you know the person can do little looks and this and that and then you're watching it and suddenly her doing it in this kind of cartoon way, I don't know. It's really hard to kind of stay interested and stay with the character for that um so yeah i enjoyed my two and a half episodes um gen- generally enjoyed it generally thought it was quite funny generally thought it was you know the whole thing was working really well um that, uh, i just wish that we had less she hulk and she hulk and more jennifer walters um less of the superhero um yeah b how are you finding she hulk um I think there's a lot that I would agree with what T just said. Um, I, if if I'm perfectly honest and and I'll keep it completely spoiler free, I'm really struggling with it. Um, I cannot see how the episodes really stitch together. Um, I'm I'm finding it um, hard going, shall we say? I think it's the best way of putting it. Um, don't really appreciate the CGI. It's just damn weird. Um, is it, it like Uncanny Valley? Is that the thing? Is it too... It's, it's a, really hard to get bits. on with, right? Yeah, yeah, at bits, I think it is. And, you know, I, I just... I, I don't know who... You know, we're in episode six of, what is it? Nine? Nine episodes? Uh, um, it's nine or ten, isn't it? And... I I still don't know where it's going or what the target audience is or who who is this is it a comedy show is it's certainly not an action show. Um, I, I know I know what you're going to say. It's rich coming from me, someone who really likes <laughs> Rings of Power. Um, it's it's I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. Honestly, don't. I'm. I you know I watch it, I watch it because it's Marvel, um, and it's homework for the show. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, T, homework. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it because homework I'm being forced to. Like, <laughs> homework is watch this trailer in time for the show. <laughs> Not watch 24 hours of TV every two weeks. Uh, it's only a day. You've got the other 13 to yourself. <laughs> um, it's, it's late. I had to try and do maths there. It didn't work out well for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think struggling is is the best um, way I can put it. To be honest, um, uh, so I agree with a lot of that. It's it's, I I I, I find myself not knowing who the show's for, um, in the sense that it's it doesn't feel like it's for a younger audience given some of the themes. Mm. It doesn't really feel as if it's for the same audience as Falcon and Winter Soldier, for instance, WandaVision, you know, some of the other ones. Um, it does feel more comedic. It does feel more, you know, it, 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 there's element, elements where it's Ali McBeal with, uh, with, with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, just not quite as well written as Ali Mobile at points. Um, it, it, yeah, it, I, I, I don't quite get it. And I'm hoping that by the end of the series, I'm a little bit more aware. I mean, it, there, there's an element of, I don't know. Uh, so I, I guess when I say I don't know what this is from, tonally this does not fit with the MCU. No, it doesn't for me and, and you know the, the humor's a different humor I, you know we said this about um ms marvel about it, it having a very different feel to it and moon knight having a very different feel to it but you could kind of still see how they play with the other characters mm-hmm. i don't know how she hulk plays with the other characters um you know the, the first episode an entire monologue an entire post-credit scene you know, breaking down whether Steve Rogers is a virgin mm. felt almost kind of self-referential in the sense of, you know, we see you message boards, um, but not really anything wider than that. Um, and then, you know, things like um, Megan the Stallion's uh, cameo and, and, you know, a, a little bit of the talking to a camera. I don't know how that any of that plays in wider things. So, you know, if, if she's involved with other characters, does she still talk to the camera or is that just a mechanism whilst we're in her show kind of thing? Um, and I guess, you know, if you look at the comics, it's a She-Hulk thing in a She-Hulk comic. It isn't what She-Hulk is doing in the Avengers. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, you know, there seems to be kind of an arc of the first three of her kind of coming to terms with the powers and the fact that She-Hulk is what people want rather than Jennifer Walters and and, and resisting that. The, the second three is about her, you know, embracing it a little bit more. Um and then the third three, we'll see if it's her kind of, you know, taking strength from, or maybe it's about her finding strength as Jennifer Waters and understanding kind of the the, the balance of the two. But um, it's a little bit kind of up and down. And, and the, 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 the CGI does make it a little bit more difficult. It does take you out of it at points because um, it just looks unfinished. And it's the bits like, for instance, the, the bits where it, it looks hugely apparent to me is the old legal walk and talk, mm. you know, famous from the West Wing, famous from all of the procedurals you've ever seen, all of the law and orders, all of the, the automobiles, all of the, you know, all of these things. Um, and it, it just looks odd that she's obviously been put in afterwards. Um, and it doesn't always feel like our lines are quite right. And it doesn't always feel like, you know, the, the, the shading into the background is quite right. So it does that's look it, as right? if there's so if something just, just bouncing around in the background. That's right. If it was just yeah. CGI, it would have been fine. 
it's that it, it's exactly that it's too who frame roger rabbit it doesn't fit into the world of the yeah i think you've hit it there jay that's the problem with the cgi and there's points where it's a lot better um and and you know they, they they've done some great things so um without going into spoilers you know some of the cameos from existing mcu people um i think is very good you know i think you gave a bit of a um different side to them and expanse of that mm. i enjoyed i enjoyed the sopranos watching um mm. and that that combination I, i'm i'm here for um uh you know the 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 hat box tees i'm here for um but yeah i'm just i'm just waiting for it to 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 move forward and you know with with what we saw at the end of the last episode it's also very odd it, it I, I find the mid credit stuff bizarre because it's uneven mm. so there's a load of them that is so i think four episodes do and then five and six don't. So I don't quite know. So it, it feels like it should be, you know, they all have mid-credit scenes and they all don't have mid-credit scenes and that's not where we are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'll continue to watch because I'll continue to watch. Um, and it's it's trying to do something different, which I'm not against. Um, I just, I, I don't know who the demographic for is it? I mean, the scores on IMDb aren't great. But I'm uh, just going to say, so this thing about the demographic, you know, who is this show for? We first talked about, I don't, I don't mind that. So, and the sort of the, uh, you know, it's for whoever watches it, if you know what I mean. And obviously it's for Marvel's fans. I don't think this is going to, it's not specifically aimed at, you know, Ali McBeal fans who want a little bit more. You know what I mean? No. Um, so I, I don't mind that it's not hitting the same notes or the same beats as other things. And actually, I don't mind that it doesn't feel like they could fit in particularly well with the rest of the MCU. You know, the, the MCU has been around for so long now. I mean, sometimes the MCU itself feels like it doesn't fit in with it. You know, so like the the last Thor movie, I can't yeah. in my mind reconcile that with any of the previous movies. It just it just felt like a non thing out there that made no sense. You know. So that stuff's there anyway. So that those aren't necessarily negatives to me, um, uh, and, and actually, uh, in some ways, and, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm much earlier in than you guys, but in some ways, there's the positives. You know, it feels a bit different. It is a bit off kilter, and I do want my characters like She-Hulk and Deadpool, those guys, to feel a bit off kilter and a bit weird and stuff like that. And and and, and those are often the comics I like. You know, um, sort of uh, you're reading all the sort of the, the mainstream and the crossovers and the the main big heroes. And then there's some just really weird ones that don't feel like they are part of the world, but they're within the world. That's quite nice. So at this point where I am so much earlier in, that stuff is all good for me. Um, I, I genuinely think my only complaint is the, is the really weird CGI. And because we watched Endgame together, right? In, in, yes. And I remember, because um, that's when Hulk was Hulk the entire film. And I, even then, I remember thinking, God, I wonder how much that costs. Because we have on the back of our minds, you know, this idea of CGI costs money. And every time there's a dragon in Game of Thrones, that's cost them X amount to do. And every time he turns into the Hulk or Iron Man turns into the Iron Man, you know, that's that bit's expensive. Uh, and that's why often you see them not in those modes. And I feel like obviously it's all just become a hell of a lot cheaper. Uh, but the quality's dropped because of it. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And the so restraint for it being expensive used to be a good thing, I think. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, so I mean, the story is that um, the animators and Marvel are, are too overwhelmed. Right. So struggling against deadlines, struggling against the, the, the very um, competitive uh, timeframes that Marvel are looking to release these things. Mm. And therefore, they don't get the time to, to to do it all. And you know, it's it's about you know how much more you bring in, um, which is why there was such an, an uproar when Taika Waititi made jokes about whether Korg in one scene looked realistic or you know finished. Um, mm. 
and and you know people took offence to him. You know what was deemed to be shitting on on his his colleagues who were helping him make his film. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's. Uh, we were just having a conversation about you know the the, the the characters who kind of get picked up and are very very different from kind of um, book to book and trying to kind of keep some consistency. Mm-hmm. And there is an element that anyone comes into this comedic sphere becomes mm-hmm. comedic, and I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see because I think that works for some characters in the mm-hmm. MCU. There has always been a humour running through it. Um, but maybe you know uh, whether it works for all the characters and whether it will work kind of wider than that, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's the bit with with you know the Thor film is kind of you know they went they went too far that way potentially, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and and you know it became it just you know trying too hard at points I think. Yeah. Um, but we will see. Three more to go. Um, next one is um, Thursday. Okay. Um, and then also on our watch lists, we have House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. <laughs> B, how are you doing with Rings of Power? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely up to date. I'm still loving it. Um, well on. I'm really looking forward to Friday so I can watch another episode. And are you expecting anything to happen in this week's episode? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it doesn't, I'm still enjoying the journey. But it is a fantastic watch. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. They've done an incredibly good job at world building. Um, I I don't know whether they've got an eye on season two and beyond, which is why they're being very kind of slow and forthright. You know, if you, if by the end of this season we've already got like you know, Sauron trapped in the tower and Mordor and everything else, then, you know, I guess the answer is, why would you come back? Um, if this is about the, the, the forming of the rings, we're nowhere near, you know, a forming of the rings. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that continues, I think. Um, T, what about you? You were, you were keeping up with both or trying to, or starting to keep up with both the plan was to kind of watch one of each um and then kind of get to wherever i got to uh, and that didn't happen i ended up just watching uh, pretty much all of uh game of thrones and very little of lord of the rings and that surprised me very very much um i think initially it started with a in my mind game of thrones was an easier watch so it's a kind of a lighter thing <laughs> game of thrones being a lighter thing is insane um uh, but as I, as I watched it and I got more and more into it, I, lo- I loved the feeling of each episode being a story in on itself. Um, and it reminded me what I loved about Game of Thrones, that the old show, you know, you could just say, oh, yeah, they might have lost the other Red Wedding and the this and that. You know, each episode was a big story in on itself. Um, and then when I went to start watching Lord of the Rings, you know, I think last time we spoke, I just loved, loved the world. I mean, I'm here for the world. I just want to be around in that world. I want to be in Middle Earth and be with these characters and that kind of stuff. Um, and getting through sort of episode two, I was way less into that. Um, and I think what bothered me is the lack of the story to build the world. So the thing in the, the story of the Lord of the Rings is stuff is going on. And as that stuff goes on, you're introduced to this really awesome world. Whereas here, I just feel like we're just showing you stuff. We're just showing you places for the sake of showing you places. But the obvious comparison was the thing with the mines. So that was episode two. You know, uh, in, in Lord of the Rings, you went through Moira. And it, it, that was the journey. That's where it was taking you. As it went through, you got to learn about this dwarf history and all that kind of stuff. Whereas here, it was just, we're going to show you some really cool fucking mines. And to do that, we will just say the guy needs to go there to meet the guy. And yeah, so, yeah. So... Yeah, it's been it's it's been less of a draw for me, um, and whilst you know I've loved Middle Earth and I want to still be in Middle Earth, I think I would rather be in Westeros at the moment. Um, so I'm still watching both, um, not 
fully finished this week's episode of Game of Thrones. Um, uh, but still watching both. Um, still enjoying both. Game of Thrones is feeling a little bit... And we were talking about this just before we, we started recording. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm yearning for them to kind of show us some of the bigger stuff going on. You know, so we hear a lot about, you know, Dawn and we hear a lot about uh, some of the other things. But, you know, it, it, the majority of what's going on, and a part of this is because, you know, dragons are expensive and there's a lot of fucking dragons in that show. Um, you know, it's it's the throne room and it's the small council's chamber. And that's that seems to be where we spend the majority of our time. Um so it, it yeah so it being bigger i think is going to to benefit i mean you know we've already had things like the um the crab feeder battle and all the rest of it so we, we've seen bits of it at the step zones but we it would be nice to kind of see wider i think um i think part of my issue with game of with with rings of power is the tropes feel lifted from the Lord of the Rings. So, you know, we've got the, the, the elf and the dwarf best friends, and we've got the reluctant king, and, you know, very, so it, it, it feels a little bit of a retelling at points um, rather than kind of the new bit. Uh, and I, I, I want the new bit. I want, you know, to see what's going on with the stuff. There's some very cool concepts in it. I like the Sauron hilt. Um, not hilt. Um, his swordy bit. Words failed me. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, they, they've got some interesting kind of um, concepts going on, and, and they've got some bits. Um, I like that the orcs feel a threat because I always felt in the Fellowship of the Rings they were very quickly kind of like dismissed and. You know, the Black Orcs were created because, you know, the Orcs weren't anything enough. They were kind of, you know, doofuses and goons rather than anything overly threatening. So to see them as, as you know, a scary thing is good. Um, but... Um, yeah, well, that's a good point. And conversely, it was nice to see the elves not just be magical floating creatures all the time. So even from the pilot, when they were climbing that mountain, um, you know, they were struggling to climb the mountain. Hmm. Whereas, you know, last time we just saw Legolas just kind of walks on top of the snow when everyone else is kind of struggling, struggling through it. So seeing elves as a bit more solid, with a bit more mass and actually having struggles. Um, and then, of course, with, then with your orcs being uh, mutated sort of elves, it works a lot better. Yeah. Mm. But I, yeah, I, I'd like it to kind of do something, I think. Um, who'd like to talk about Andor that was released this week with three episodes? <laughs> really? <laughs> Say your review. Um so I've I've watched one episode of the three which are uh, currently available. Um I I would love to say I really enjoyed it. Um Yes, yeah, leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's very interesting and and I, I feel that as this goes on, we become a little bit wiser uh, with some of this. So when we were talking about WandaVision at the very, very beginning, you know, there were two episodes that were dropped. And I think it was three episodes that had gone out to, or was it three episodes that dropped and four episodes that had gone out to press as like the screeners. Um, and it was all about the fact that actually you kind of almost needed to watch these in a binge fashion because that would give you something that would kind of Mm -hmm. move you to a point where you'd go, Oh, and I want to come back and see this now. Whereas if it was just for the first episode, you're going to have a far greater dropout rate because people are going to go, I don't know what's happening. Don't know what the fuck's going on. Nothing moved. 
I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, so three episodes of this dropping at the same time, automatically I thought, well, you know, this is this is going to be a lot of world building and, and kind of shuffling around rather than like, you know, and here's the things that blow your, your mind and blow your socks off and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really fair to say that it's it's it spends a lot of time trying to set stuff up. Um, I've watched all three. I cannot tell you that I have a warmth, affinity, or connection to Andor um, yet. Um, I want to see them do something with him because at the moment he just feels um, unspectacular. Uh, and and I need more than that. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, Rogue One, such a good movie, and mm-hmm. you know, on the back of that, they've decided to make this. Um, but the thing we've said all the way through is, Andor wasn't our favourite character from mm-hmm. Rogue One. He wasn't the most interesting character of Rogue One. And and, and I think Diego Luna's brilliant, mm. but I don't think he's got a lot to work with here. You know, he's, he's, he's a more sulky Han Solo. It seems to be the character notes he's been given. Mm. Um, so kind of, you know, that, that, that charm and that kind of, you know, little shine in the eye, the, the twinkle in the eye that... Harrison Ford brought to it and the, the, the prequel tried to um, just didn't quite doesn't quite work in the same sort of way it's, it's very dour it's very somber um, and and yeah I, I wait to see it kind of burst into life but I'm not counting down the minutes uh, and the fact that it was released on a Wednesday and none of us noticed it until the Thursday <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of says something. So I'm not really in a mood to recommend Andor after the first three episodes. Shall we see what we are recommending, though? Who'd like to go first? I'll go because I just remembered what it was. I'm going to forget it for the first time. <laughs> something. Okay, I'm poised to overtype. <laughs> um, so now I listen to this uh, audiobook. Well, I don't know if it counts as an audiobook because I don't think it's an actual book. I think it's just an audible production. Um, called Space 1969. Um, and it stars uh, Natasha Leone, who was recently fantastic in um, uh, Russian Doll. Um, so it's this kind of alternate world where uh, Kennedy's assassination attempt failed. So Kennedy survived his assassination um, and became obsessed with uh, space travel and getting to the moon. And um, you know, so this is set a few years after that in 1969, where there's a moon colony and there's a kind of shuttle on, there's a space station that you go to before you go to the moon. Um, it starts off with as a sort of bit of a, it's a bit of a mystery. There's a bit of sci-fi. It's obviously sci-fi, but you know, it's kind of past. Um, um, but then it gets really bizarre and heady, and then there's time travel and unknown devices and potentially. All sorts going on. Richard Nixon ends up managing a pizza parlor on the moon. There's, um, it's brilliant, honestly. Um, uh, it, it's there's there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in there as well, um, but handled handled really well. And as in, I genuinely caught myself laughing at points. Even there's a one point where he goes, "Have you heard of Audible?" And I just burst into laughter when they said that it just timed so well. And especially it has has an excellent comedic timing. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess it's not an audiobook, but it's it's like uh, I don't know. It's it like a radio show, like a radio play that they used to do. I think it's mostly like that. I mean, um, it sounds like what they did with Sandman. Yeah, production of yes, yeah. I, I think that's that's yeah. I'm that kind of like, this bizarre foreign higher, concept, but oh, no. higher <laughs> higher production value than than you know just someone reading a book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess they're not reading a book, they're reading, you know, scripts and things. Just really well done. Lots of fun. Um, uh, uh, and I think it's available for free on the in the Audible library. So you don't have to pay for it if you're, if you're an Audible member. Um, not that I'm shitting for Audible here. I just really enjoyed it. 
Very, very cool. Um, B, what's your recommendation for the week? Right. So my recommendation is Assembled, which is available on Disney Plus. And basically, um, we've recommended previous versions uh, of Assembled, but this one is all about the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Um, and it gives you a behind uh, the scenes look at um, at the filming of it. Um, and that's where I was saying about uh, originally um, Elizabeth Olsen's character, Scarlet Witch, wasn't bad. She was good, and then she turned bad. Um, but then Sam Raimi um, had a different idea. Um, and that's the idea they went with in the end. So it wasn't a Sam Raimi script originally, it was someone else? Uh, uh, yes, kind of. They always had screenwriters. Um, the first draft that Elizabeth Olsen got to see was at the end of WandaVision. Um, mm. And they obviously have various interviews with all the characters. Um, and she mentions that originally she was meant to be uh, good. Um, but Sam Raimi had a different idea. And then they cut to Sam Raimi and then he explains why um, he felt it was a better progression line to go down. He said it was more of an interesting story. Do, do, do you agree with that? Does he sort of make his case well? Um, yes, he's, he's, he, he, he comes across very well. <laughs> um, I I just, I, well, my opinion is still the same. You know, uh, Scarlet Witch is such a great character. It's, it's a shame what happened. Mm. And everyone that I've spoken to about this movie absolutely agrees. See, I think, you know, the film is better as a Scarlet Witch film than a Doctor Strange. I, I kind of wish it was a Scarlet Witch film more. Mm. So I'm going to say sorry. You know, actually, Doctor Strange was the least interesting part of it. That kind of Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange fight with the musical notes and stuff. It was a cool visual, but it was just really uninteresting, actually. Um, whereas, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I, you know, your question from ages ago, uh, Jay, but I think we do need to see more Scarlet Witch. You're absolutely right, be a very interesting character. Yeah. Any other tidbits from that that you want to share? Watch it. It's a recommendation. Yeah, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. It's not an audible production later. where we'll he goes through it. it. <laughs> I thought we'd actually talk about it later. Otherwise, I would have asked you earlier on. It's a recommendation. Go and watch it. Fair enough. All right, done. And if you feel that there's something worth talking about, come back in a couple of weeks. We're always looking for stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> So my recommendation is um, uh, a, a graphic novel from 2014, I think it is, uh, that I finally got around to picking up, um, uh, and that is Genius. Um, so it's a, a Top Cow book. Uh, book. Uh, Mark Bernard and Adam Freeman and Afua Richardson uh, are the team behind it. Um, the concept is that every generation has its military genius, uh, Hannibal of Carthage, Genghis Khan, General Patton, each shaped by his time. Uh, but what if the second coming of Alexander the Great wasn't a privileged diplomat or battle-hardened soldier, but a teenager from south-central LA named Destiny, orphaned at birth and a perpetual victim of police brutality and this incomparable strategic genius finds itself uniting the city's organized criminals, gangs and thieves and thugs, and turning them against a corrupt system. So basically, this 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 mili mili this military prodigy um, takes on the police yeah. and the national guard and everything else that comes her way. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. It's really well written. Um, it's it's weirdly timely, sadly, because mm. we're still we're still here. Um, mm. So you know, it's all stuff that we're seeing. You know, it's just just in South London a little while ago. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good one to to seek out and pick up. Uh, I've not picked up book two yet, which is Cartel, uh, but volume one, which is Siege, is uh, very very good. So that's my recommendation. Awesome, good show. And that is us done for a week. So we will be back in uh, two weeks' time uh, to talk to you about uh, well, whatever we've got tea to watch, basically. Um, <laughs> 
until then, continue to look after yourselves and each other's, and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheerio.